Tuesday, April 30th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mahai City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. Hey, we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. Do you realize that today you had better be very, very careful of some of the things you say? Because April 30th is considered to be National Honesty Day here in the United States. Now, we know there are a number of different kinds of lies out there. And trust me on this, we're going to be talking about some lies a little bit later in the show. But we have all maybe spared someone's feelings or maybe, you know, just kind of fudged the truth a little bit, told a little bit of a white lie. And we all know that, hey, maybe we've just flat out told a huge monster of a lie. We've all done it. Unless we are perfect Unless maybe we are Tim Tebow, we have all told a lie or two, right? Well, National Honesty Day challenges each one of us to be a little more truthful in all that we do. Celebrate National Honesty Day by answering questions truthfully all day long. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah, that's not easy, is it? Now, if we were forced to have to tell the truth on National Honesty Day, like if you had to, If it was something you couldn't lie, you couldn't tell a lie whatsoever on National Honesty Day, who would you like to ask questions to? You want to ask them to the spouse or significant other? Maybe to the parents? Maybe to a sibling? Maybe to a best friend? Number of people out there. Be kind of fun to ask some questions to. Although there are times you don't know if you really want that answer. Like we think we want the answer. Sometimes you don't want that answer, do you? What about in sports? Is there anyone out there in the world of sports that... Maybe you'd like to ask a question to on a day that they could not be dishonest with you. Oh, there's a lot of people there, isn't there? I mean, I have to think about that one a little bit. But you think of right off the bat, someone like Bill Belichick, maybe ask him some of the things he's done while he's been in New England. Some of the things about Spygate. Did he really try to get away with some of those things? What about someone like Tom Brady? Hey, same kind of things. What about Deflategate? What did he really know? What was he really telling those guys to do? What about someone like former NBA commissioner David Stern and all of the things that he told us that we all went, yeah, I'm not sure I believe that. I don't know if I believe you. I mean, we have the frozen envelope. We have the NBA officiating. We have a number of conspiracies out there with David Stern and the NBA. And you just know David Stern is taking those stories to the grave. He's not going to tell any of us. You wish you could get him on National Honesty Day, don't you? And I mean, if we're talking all time, I don't know. I kind of feel like I would want to ask Sonny Liston, did you really get hit that hard in that 64 fight against Muhammad Ali or did you take a dive? Because I have a feeling that you probably took a dive. Maybe he caught you. Maybe he hit you, but he certainly didn't hit you that hard. Got a few people that I would probably want to ask questions to. Maybe you'd want to ask Pete Rose what he was really doing as far as sports betting. I think we have a pretty good idea, but come on, shed some light on it. What were you really doing? Maybe you'd want to ask Michael Jordan if he was really sick in that famous flu game. Or was it just a massive hangover? Again, we have some suspicions, but we're not exactly sure. Maybe you would like to ask some of the top collegiate coaches what kind of things they're actually doing to get some of those recruits. Now, that's one that you might ask that you might be like, oh, I don't know if I want to know. Like this might ruin that person's reputation if I really know the truth. I may be better off not knowing. Or maybe you just want to ask Delonte West, what in the world was he doing with LeBron James's mom? 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it would be sort of fun to get to the bottom of some of the biggest sports conspiracies in history on National Honest Day. Just kind of keep those in mind. Maybe you've got one you'd like to ask, but hey, do your best to try to tell the truth today. I know it's not easy, and sometimes it is a must-lie situation. Hey, the boss or the spouse comes in and asks how they look. You got to say what you got to say, right? That is about self-preservation, but do your best on National Honesty Day today. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, maybe tell us what question you would like to ask on National Honesty Day. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a suggestion. Send it over to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com. Search Daily Dose. Scroll down until you see our logo. And there you will find a number of Daily Dose items that you can order. We've got hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, laptop cases, a number of Daily Dose items for you to pick up. Make sure you stop by tpublic.com and pick up some Daily Dose gear. Hey, today on the show, we have a story that we probably need to discuss. And then we are actually going to be getting back to our conversation with Big Rob, a guy who understands sports and actually does some work for the Daily Dose I-Team. We've actually got a lot to get to today. But before we get to anything, I guess the biggest thing we need to discuss today, speaking of National Honesty Day, is the fact that it looks like the National Basketball Association has itself a bit of an integrity problem. What? I mean, who in the world saw this coming? Well, I mean, I guess we did. In fact, I think we talked about this last week, if I remember right. But now it is actually getting some national attention because the NBA, who has now adopted the practice of going back and telling everyone, hey, here's some of the calls we missed. We all know why they're doing it. It is an effort to convince us that they care about some of the awful calls their referees make. Yeah, that whole practice is getting some serious backlash right now. On Monday, the NBA's official last two-minute report stated that in the Golden State Warriors 104-100 Game 1 win over the Houston Rockets, Warriors guard Steph Curry got away with a personal foul on James Harden on a play that ended with a turnover, with the Rockets down by five when Harden stepped out of bounds after he made contact with Curry. They now say that should have been a block call on Curry. And you know, the Rockets have been insanely frustrated with officiating every time they see the Warriors over the last few seasons. And late Sunday, they started leaking reports about some things going on when they faced the Warriors. Now, the league does say that officials did get the right call on a hardened three-pointer with 10 seconds left in the game that could have tied the game. He missed after Draymond Green challenged the shot. And we all saw James Harden wanted a call for some contact, but the report says that play was officiated correctly. Then Chris Paul secured the rebound, but he lost possession when he had a collision with Warriors guard Klay Thompson. The league also said that was a correct no call, but Paul was hot that there was no call and he was ejected for stepping up to an official and making contact with that official. However, the league did determine that Houston should have retained possession and gotten free throws because Steph Curry had fouled Eric Gordon as he tried to get possession of the ball after Paul fumbled it away with five seconds left. Remember, that would have been Steph's sixth foul. And wait, that's not all, because the Houston Rockets, like I said, they're kind of looking back at a few games here. They believe officiating in last season's Western Conference Finals cost them an NBA championship. What? No, I'm not even joking. I'm serious. In a report sent to the league, the Rockets tabulated the net result of 81 potential missed calls and non-calls in Game 7 
of that series last year between the Rockets and the Warriors. And according to that report and an accompanying memo, here's what it said. Referees likely change the eventual NBA champion. There can be no worse result for the NBA. Now, while most of us are going to hear this, and we're going to dismiss it as sour grapes, and understandably so, because I noticed a few things in all this stuff about the Rockets and the Warriors and the letter to the league and all this stuff. The Rockets don't look at the games that they won, and I don't think that they're counting the number of traveling calls that James Harden should get or the number of times that Chris Paul should get teed up for his incessant whining. But make no mistake, the NBA does have an issue. See, when you don't officiate the game free of bias, things like this are going to pop up. And I fully expect the league to come out and say, hey, the Rockets are just mad they didn't win and blah, 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 blah. We made a mistake here or there, but it's no big thing. But let's not forget the league has been doing this for years. And on some level, it is pretty dirty. See, when the NBA officials call fouls for the superstars, that's not objective. That's not ethical. But here is where it can get worse. If that is how they are going to referee, and the NBA has basically said, well, yeah, the superstars are probably going to get more calls than the other guys. Then wouldn't it stand to reason that the team with the most superstars is going to win the most games because they're going to get the most calls? The NBA made this bed. They're going to have to sleep in it. When I see them consistently call fouls for the superstars, and not just fouls, but things like when they do travel, when they do create the contact, but I see no-name players get knocked around by those same stars and they don't get a whistle. Hey, that's on the league. And for the record, most free throws by individual players this season, James Harden had the most, Giannis, Embiid, Blake Griffin, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant. Now, some of that is the style these guys play with. And some of it is that they do get the benefit of every single doubt from NBA officials. And that's not all. Because when we see referees in this league call games one way in the regular season and then kind of change it in the postseason, well, yeah, I know in the regular season we called that, but this is the postseason. We're not going to call that here. Again, that's a little bit shady. It makes people question their integrity. When we see them call games differently based on the amount of time left on the clock, people start to look around and say, hey, wait a second, what's going on here? How come you called that in the first quarter, but you didn't call it in the fourth quarter? What changed? It Shouldn't it be objective? Shouldn't it be called every single time if it's actually a foul or not called every single time? You can't decide, pick and choose. I'm going to call it here, but I'm not going to call it here. That's when you get into integrity issues. Now, what is going to be fascinating to watch is this officiating in the NBA in these playoffs going forward. Because the league can't change what they're doing mid-series, can they? I mean, they can't say in game one, hey, we're not going to call those calls, Houston. I know you guys might have got that in the regular season, but we're not going to make those calls here. We're going to let the players dictate the outcome of this game. We're going to let the players play. We don't want to step in and interfere. That's what they did in game one. They can't come back in game two and say, okay, hey, we're going to call everything tight. If you don't let the shooters land, we're going to be very, very quick with the whistle. We don't want hand checks. We don't want touching. All this stuff is going to be called very, very tight. We're not letting you get away with that stuff again. They can't do that, can they? You can't just change every single game, can you? Oh yeah, actually they can, and I actually believe they will. Well, I shouldn't say they definitely will, but depending on if they need a series to be a little closer, or maybe if they want to even a series up, then, hey, all bets are off. 
NBA officials will do whatever they want to do. And at the end of the day, all bets being off, because remember, no one wants to touch sports betting on NBA games because the officials have so much say in the outcome. And we know the officials in the NBA have all the integrity of, I don't know, like a Ponzi scheme. The NBA can brush this stuff aside. They can sit here and they can say, hey, that sour grapes from the Rockets. We're going to referee the way we referee. But it is hurting their product, whether they want to admit it or not. It's going to be very interesting to see how the referees are calling these games over the remainder of the playoffs because they are very, very aware that Vegas and sports bettors are watching them. And I don't think Vegas or sports bettors are going to be that likely to be putting all that much money on NBA games when you can see the NBA officials have so much say in the outcome, probably too much say in the outcome. Hey, coming back, we are going to be continuing our conversation with Big Rob, member of the Daily Dose I team. We're going to be getting his picks for the NBA Finals and see who he thinks is going to make it. And we are going to be diving full on into that NFL draft. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, maybe you have a birthday coming in the month of May, and don't forget about Mother's Day in the month of May. Maybe you just want to buy something for yourself. You might as well head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. May's Loot Crate theme is now out, and it is called Nemesis. Dark forces are gathering in this month's crate. That's right. Your nemesis is here. Shake your fist dramatically at a collection of villainous pop culture gear featuring nefarious ne'er-to-do-wells. May's Loot Crate theme features items from Jaws, Ghostbusters, and many other franchises. But if those franchises maybe don't interest you, remember, you can always go over to Loot Crate. You can choose from a number of different crates. And if you have a specific franchise in mind, trust me, they probably have a crate for that franchise. You can also order a monthly subscription of crates that will arrive in your mailbox every single month and you can always skip months if you don't like what's coming. Or you can just order individual items from whatever franchise you want and trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning in to the Daily Dose. So yesterday, we began a conversation with longtime friend of the show, Big Rob. He is a Daily Dose IT member, and we discussed some of the stories from this weekend. Well, today we are going to begin to look at the NFL draft and hand out some way too early draft grades for each team in the NFL. But first, I do want to get Rob's pick for the NBA Finals. Let's jump back into that conversation right now. Rob, I know it's a little bit early and we've got four series that should be really, really good. If you had to make your pick for the NBA Finals right now, who'd you be picking? Um, I got Golden State coming out the West okay. uh, against Toronto Raptors. See, I have Golden State coming out against Toronto. We talked about this a little bit with Russ McKinstry a few weeks ago, but I have the same thing. I just look at them still as the two most complete teams and in seven game series, that is eventually what it comes down to. It's not a matter of, well, could we beat them one night? No, you got to beat them four times, and that changes everything completely. I think those are the two best teams. I think it's going to be entertaining, though. I think oh, we yeah. have four series that should be very, very good. I don't think we're going to have sweeps. And I know everyone's going to overreact. They're going to look at you know the, the Bucks and the Celtics and say, right, Milwaukee's in trouble. Not yet. Mm -mm. You know The Sixers are in trouble. Not yet. There's right. still so much more to these series to go. Don't overreact after those game ones. Let's wait until we get game four or game five. And then we kind of start to get the feel of who's going to adjust, who's going to tweak things. Because it is not the initial thing that gets a team beat. 
who's going to adjust better? Who's going to make better adjustments and figure out, hey, if they're going to take this away, then we're going to do this instead. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, because, um, you know, you got to win four games and all these. So like I said, if you lose one, that's fine. You know, what adjustments do you make? And then the adjustments to the adjustments. Um, but yeah, I see all of these going at least six and probably a couple sevens. I think it's going to be a really fun series. And I'm, I'm so glad. And, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm so glad that it does look like the top teams, at least in the East, look like they maybe can compete with the West. We haven't had that for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, like you said, especially with the Raptors, um, you know, if they were to end up playing Golden State, like you said, a complete team, I think matchup wise, coaching wise, you know, they can they'll they'll be able to keep up uh, with Golden State, you know, if they both end up in the finals. All right, Rob, we're going to shift gears. We are going to move away from the NBA, which is right in the middle of the playoffs. But see, here's the thing here in the United States. Yes, we like basketball. We like the NBA. We like our March Madness. We are still motivated 24-7, 365 by the National Football League. And we don't care about all the problems. We don't care about all the nonsense. All this. Stuff. We want our football and we're going to talk football. And I know, you know, it's April. It's May. We're going to talk NFL and we're not even going to talk about games. We're not even going to talk about, you know, is there going to be a big game? Is this Super Bowl? We're going to talk about the NFL picking teams (laughs) because that's how much we love our NFL. We're just going to talk about them. Hey, they just, they just choose new teams. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about that because we love our NFL and that's what we want to talk about. Now, I know it is way, way too early to be issuing draft grades. We honestly, we need like three years to talk about. But here's the thing. If I, if we do a show right now, Rob, and we say, Hey, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to rehash and we're going to give grades on the 2016 NFL draft. <laughs> no one cares about that. So we have to do the most recent draft. I mean, we know it's dumb, but we, you have to do it. Don't you? We can't go back in time. No, you have to, um, like I said, football, you know, rules here. And it's just, you know, from the fan bases. I mean, that's really kind of what this is about. You know, you want, you see the draft, you want that hope. You know, we've got the players that, you know, is going to take us over the top this year. So, yeah, you've got to. Well, and you hit on a thing that I think is the is the biggest key to the whole draft, because I know that it is kind of silly. And we look at the NFL draft and we say, who cares? They're picking players and whatever. But you hit on the key thing, because NFL draft time is a time that everyone has hope. Hey, we can look at a guy and we can say, yeah, he might be a bust. Or maybe he could be really good. And if he's really good, what if it totally changed our team? What if we were the team to win the Super Bowl? What if we... And so everyone has hope right now. And that is the part about the draft that we love. It, here's where I compare it to. If, have you ever sat around with your friends and you, and you said, okay, Powerball is tonight. What if you won the $119 million? How would you spend it? And you said, well, I'd, I'd do this mm-hmm. and I'd do this and I'd do this. I think that's what we do with the NFL draft. We're like, oh, well, I'd draft this guy and I'd draft this guy and I'd draft. And it's totally make believe. It's total BS, but it's fun. It's just fun to do. Yeah. And um, like you said, and that's the best part of it, just because, you know, with the history, like I said, you know, the top pick can end up being a bust. Yep. And the guy you took in the fifth round could actually end up turning around, turning around the franchise. So, you know, that's uh, the hopeful part about it that, you know, makes it so exciting. Well, and the thing we try to do here is we try to kind of look at, because I don't know necessarily how a player's going to be. Maybe he's going to be great. Maybe he's not going to be great. But did a team at least address their needs? Did they go out and get players that made sense for them? Because that's the biggest thing I want to judge. I can't judge is this, you know, fourth string running back going to end up being a, you know, a great franchise player. I don't have any idea. But did they address the need that they had or did they do some really painfully stupid, idiotic things? And we're going to be touching on a few teams that did some painfully stupid, idiotic things and Rob, I'm telling you right now, when we get to that point, I'm going to get angry and I'm going to need you to talk me down off that ledge. Okay. I'm going to need your help. You're going to have to help me today. (sighs) Okay. 
Let's take a look at some NFL draft grades. And let's start off in the AFC East, where the New England Patriots have a cakewalk every single year. They have no challenges whatsoever. The rest of the division is just out there playing a completely different game than the Patriots are playing. But that's just how, you know, things line up. At some point, though, doesn't the rest of the division have to catch up? I, I'm not sure when that's going to be, but they have, they, they are pro teams, right? At some point, yes. Like you said, I don't know when. I don't think it'll be anytime soon. But at some point, yes. Goodness, I just, it's, there are one great team and three, you know, substitute teachers over there that have no idea what they're even doing. It's just painful to watch. But let's talk about the AFC East a little bit. And let's start with those Buffalo Bills. Because I kind of like what the Bills did in the draft as they end up getting Houston defensive lineman Ed Oliver to fall to them. If I'm looking at what Buffalo did, I'm giving them kind of a like a B plus sort of a grade because I kind of like the fact that they were able to go get him. They go get Oklahoma offensive tackle Cody Ford. They got a couple of players that I think can help that team and they addressed a few needs. Yes, there's still a ways off, but how do you, how do you look at the Buffalo Bills draft? Uh, yeah, I gave him the same. Uh, B plus, like I said, I like the, uh, Ed Oliver pick, uh, fell to them, didn't reach for him. And just overall, um, like I said, I think they, you know, addressed a couple needs that they had. I didn't see any, you know, glaring mistakes or, you know, any wild picks that were out there. Yeah. So I, I gave him a B plus. Yeah. And you know, one other pick that they had is they get Florida Atlantic running back Devin Singletary, who could end up either spelling LaShawn McCoy or taking over for LaShawn McCoy because it seems like he's always at the edge of getting himself in trouble and getting himself, you know, thrown out or something. I do have a concern a little bit about Ed Oliver, and there's no question about his talent. I do sometimes wonder if he really wants to be a great player, and I'm not quite sure. He didn't always feel like playing this last year, and that might have been a business decision, and I understand it if it was. Yeah, um, like I said, we'll see, uh, especially in a place like Buffalo. Um, yes, you know, cold that's up a different there, animal. So, I mean, I think we'll be able to tell very quickly if he really wants to play or he's just, you know, going through the motions. Come November, he's always got a banged up ankle or something. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you know what? It's cold. I'm not going out that's there. Yeah, no, give me my, no give me my favorite <laughs> jacket and I'm going to stand on the sideline <laughs> next to the heater. I do wonder about that. Do you have any, like, what did you take away from Josh Allen last year as the quarterback of the Bills? Is, is he a legit franchise kind of quarterback or are we all kind of kidding ourselves here tough to say um yeah. i mean he, he showed some flashes um I, I think it's too early to tell um but i i wouldn't definitely say he's a bust yet like i said i think you know there is something there you know that's worth seeing you know a couple more seasons yeah i want to see if he can throw it I, I that's the biggest thing he obviously can run it he's a big strong kid he has the capability to throw it. Can he truly drop back and, and, you know, pick defenses apart? We'll see how he does there, but we agree on the bills. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins because the Dolphins did also make some news over the weekend. They make a trade to get newly expendable Arizona Cardinals second year quarterback, Josh Rosen. Now I do like the pick of Clemson defensive lineman Christian Wilkins. I think he might have the potential to be a very, very good pick for Miami, but the Dolphins needed some wide receivers. They didn't really take any. They could have used some defensive backs. They didn't really do that. I went with a C. That might be kinder than I than I should have been, but I went with a C. How do, how do you have the Miami Dolphins? I gave him a B minus. Okay. Um, I liked uh, Christian Wilkins, like you said. Picked up Miles Gaskins late, uh, running back. Yep. Um, that showed some potential. Um, and then I liked the Rosen trade. Like I said, they still, you know, they didn't reach for a quarterback in the draft. Um, they bring in Rosen, you know, see how he does. Didn't have to pay a lot for him, and then most likely they'll be back in a running. Uh, next year for a quarterback, you know, if it's, I think two is coming out. So they'll probably be right in that mix again, you know, try to get a quarterback. So, well, and I think Miami is just blatantly tanking. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to, and I understand it, but you've got two coming out. You've got Trevor Lawrence possibly coming out of Clemson and uh, there should be some very, very good quarterbacks coming out next year. 
That might not be a bad place to be. We'll see what they do with Rosen. I don't know what to think of Josh Rosen. And it's tough because he's been in a weird situation down there. He was he was down in Arizona. He didn't have an ounce of help. I just don't know how much to believe in him or not to believe in him. I wasn't overly impressed with him at UCLA. It seems like he's got all the tools. I don't know how he is. I don't know how he is as a as a you know mentally as a, as a leader. I don't know how he is at that. And that that I guess would be the part of that would be concerned about him. I would agree. Um, and it's kind of fitting. I would think that he he goes to Miami because that's kind of Tannehill. Perfect. The quarterbacks that they've had. Yes. Kind of seems you know in line right along with them. Jay Cutler. That yes. That kind of guy. Right. Cleo Lemon. I think <laughs> Cleo Lemon was down there. Jay Jay Fiedler. They're they're really. That's you've got like Bob Greasy and you've got Dan Marino <laughs> and then you just have everyone else. Yep. And it's not good. Yep. And now you add Josh Rosen. He's in a tough situation again. But the Dolphins, I thought, I thought their draft was okay. Uh, the New England Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, they're going to be in the thick of it again this year. But they do have a few holes they've got to fill. Tight end Rob Gronkowski says he's retiring. We'll see if he actually does that. Starting left tackle Trent Brown left in free agency. Trey Flowers, Malcolm Brown, they're both gone. So the Patriots do have a few holes to fill. Not sure what is going on with wide receiver Josh Gordon. We never know from one minute to the next what's going on with him. But the Patriots go get Arizona State wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who I like a lot. That kid goes and attacks the football. They get Michigan defensive end Chase Winovich. I guess that's okay. Alabama running back Damian Harris is a probably a solid pick. I gave the Patriots a B-. minus. They didn't get a tight end in the draft, and I'll hold that against them a little bit. But we know, you know, they'll probably just manufacture one if they don't have one. Yeah, I, I give him a B. Same thing. You know, they didn't address the tight end. Um, I like the receiver that they picked up. Nobody else really stood out. I mean, but it is the Patriots. So just right. from that standpoint, you just kind of, you know, got to gotta trust that organization. So, you know, what's interesting about the Harry pick is that you look at him and I don't know that he's overly spectacular physically. He's not the fastest guy. Mm-hmm. He's not the biggest guy, but he goes and he comes down with the football. And I was like, what a perfect pick. For the Patriots, because they don't look over physically imposing at all. They just keep winning. And I was like, that's a, that seems like the perfect guy to fit in their system. Yeah. Like I said, and the system, I think, is, you know, the key with the Patriots. Cause like I said, I, I feel like they always get the most, you know, out of all their players. So, I mean, you know, they're going to put him, you know, in a situation where he can succeed. Yeah. And he's getting to catch footballs from Tom Brady, which always helps. Final team in the AFC East. Last year, the New York Jets were finally able to land their franchise quarterback. They get Sam Darnold out of USC. That's the good news. The bad news is their offensive line. It's one of the worst offensive lines in the league. But Alabama defensive lineman Quinnen Williams, he's on the board when the Jets drafted three. You have to take him, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. Um, They did. So I'm going to give them a B minus for that. I mean, this is, you know, a need, probably the biggest need that they have. Yeah. Um, And they did address it. Um, So just from that standpoint, you know, they'll get a B minus from me. You're you're being nice because I gave them a C minus only because they didn't they didn't address that offensive line. And I think they needed to. But I I understand it. They might end up being the best player in the draft. Quinn and Williams. There's a chance that he could be. Now, we know we know how these things work. The Jets draft another defensive lineman every single year. He's really, really good. So we hear he never wins anything. He ends up getting sick of playing in New York and he goes somewhere else. But they got a very, very good player with Quinn and Williams. I, I would just think they would want to protect Sam Darnold a little more. I mean, you, you finally got your guy, didn't you? Like, I don't know. I'd be beefing up that offensive line a little bit. That's true. Yeah. It is the Jets though. It is the Jets. And <laughs> you, you can't, you just can't change how the Jets are. Let's move over to the NFC East. And the NFC East is one that you are very familiar with because you are an Eagles fan. 
That is an odd division. Now, last year, the Eagles start off so slow. We are looking at the Eagles and saying they're not even going to get back to the playoffs. They were the Super Bowl champs. They're not even going to make it. Finally, by the end of the year, they have gotten hot. They play their way into the postseason. Now the Dallas Cowboys win the division. Eagles get in, though. They win a playoff game. And what's weird about it is that Dallas was winning games on their run game and on defense. We never thought we'd see that. Washington started fast, faded because of the you know injury to Alex Smith. The Giants were awful. But the NFC East is, is kind of an interesting division. It's going to be fun to watch again this year. Let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys might take a wide receiver. Maybe they'd take a tight end. I, I know Jason Witten's back, but he's like 50. So I, they didn't take either one of those things. But I did like the pick of Central Florida defensive tackle Tristan Hill. That should help them a little bit. They got a little bit of help on the offensive line. Can the Cowboys have another season where they actually stay focused? We're going to run the football. We're not going to try to throw it 50 times a game. Or was that just a one-time thing? Just a one-time thing. Was it? Uh, yeah. Jason Garrett. See. Yeah. He's thinks he's the smartest guy. Yes, and um, I think they'll probably they'll start off with the running. Um, and you know, sometime around week three or week four, then they'll you know, try to switch up to a passing first offense, which they shouldn't be. I don't know if you know this, but he went to an Ivy League school. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I keep hearing. They just keep telling me that again and again and again. And he still doesn't impress me with his intelligence. I gave the Dallas Cowboys a C plus. They beefed up their, their offensive and defensive lines a little bit, but I don't think they took everything that they probably needed to. What do you have the Cowboys at? Uh, I gave them a C minus as well. Okay. Um, like I said, um, beefed up the lines, like you said, but no really standout. And then, you know, I didn't see him pick anybody that, you know, could make any in, make an impact next season. Right. Um, so it's pretty much the same team, you know, coming back again. Yep. And the one thing I wondered about, I wonder if they would take maybe a backup running back. I thought maybe get one of those Alabama kids. Thought maybe they would go get a little more depth at wide receiver or something like that. They didn't really do any of those things. So, you know, hey, let's go out and do it again, and we'll just go with the same team. Moving on uh, to a team that is turning into that team that makes everyone else feel good about how awful they have become because they all say the same thing. Wait, at least we're not the New York Giants. <laughs> now, I know that everyone is looking for an F here, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give the Giants an F. The Giants use their number six overall pick on Duke quarterback Daniel Jones. Now, that could get you an F because this is a really bad quarterback class. This is not a great quarterback class this year, was it? How are you taking a quarterback at number six? Yeah, I don't understand. And I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, if this is my guy and, yeah. you know, we want him, we're going to do whatever to get, get him. him. Okay. From that standpoint. But to me, and again, obviously we don't know, but I didn't first, I don't think he's that guy. Right. And second, I don't think you need to move up to get him. No. I think you would, you know. There is a chance someone could have taken him. Probably not, but I would have waited. I would have too. You probably could have got him in the, at 26. You probably could have got him at 36. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was a rush yet to move up to get him. So, um, I gave him a uh, C. You gave him a C. Okay. Yeah. I did not give them an F. And I know that there's a lot of people that would think about giving them an F, but they did get Clemson defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, who I like if he can, you know, stay off the drugs. He is a talented guy, but then they didn't go get any help at wide receiver. Until like very, very late in the draft, they go get someone that's probably not going to make the team. And then sixth round pick cornerback Corey Ballantyne got shot over the weekend in like Topeka, Kansas. That's like, that's not the best way to start off your rookie no, year, is not it? at all. Not You're at like, all. how's the rookie year going? Well, I'm trying to get this bullet out of me. So that's a slow start. I am not going to give the Giants an F. I'm going to give them an F plus. Oh, I'm going to give them a little bit. Eh. <laughs> Dexter Lawrence, you raised that grade a little bit. 
I mean, the Corey Ballantyne thing, I, you know, what do you do? But obviously, wrong place, wrong time. I'm not going to give them an F, though. They get the F-plus from me. The Giants, though, wow. They are making some some moves that really make, I mean, the Odell Beckham thing, still hanging on for dear life with Eli Manning. Like, they're making some strange moves. Yeah, I think they're in trouble. I, I see them finishing last in this division coming up. They just don't have a clear direction, I feel no. like. Um, they're kind of trying to hang on to Eli. Um, like you said, they let Odell go, and, and they just don't have any, you know, uh, Saquon is kind of the only bright spot, but outside of there, like I said, they're, they're, I think they're in trouble. And what I worry about with Saquon, I worry that he's going to be Barry Sanders-ish in that they're going to waste the best years of his life playing with a garbage football team. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look back and go, man, he was really good. It's too bad he didn't have any yep. help. <laughs> and that's kind of where they're at right yeah. now. It, it's just kind of painful to watch the New York Giants. All right, Rob, let's get to the team that you want to talk about today. We are going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles actually didn't have a ton of picks in this year's draft, but I kind of like some of the selections they made. First, they got Washington State offensive tackle Andre Dillard, which gives them some good depth. They have a good offensive line, though. Mm-hmm. I That's already in place, but that gives them a little more depth. They also got Penn State running back Miles Sanders, which gives them some more depth. Mm-hmm. I like that pick as well. The pick I'm really intrigued by, though, they go and they get Northwestern quarterback Clayton Thorson. Now, you don't have Nick Foles anymore. Clayton Thorson, I think maybe can play. They didn't overspend for him. So mm-hmm. whether he can play or not doesn't matter because they didn't overspend for him. I struggle with the fact maybe they didn't go get a linebacker, you know, maybe some defensive line. But overall, I, I kind of like what the what the Eagles did. I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, I gave them an A minus. No real standouts. Um, you know, I think all their picks, you know, were solid picks. Do address a need. Build some depth, you know, on both sides of the ball. So like I said, I think, I think it was a solid draft. Yeah, I do so. too. Here's the biggest question that we have for you as an Eagles fan. I've got big questions for you. Are you ready? What in the world is Carson Wentz going to do this year? <sighs> it's come down to his health. Like, I don't know. Um, I think that was a problem last year. They tried to bring him back too early. Just really wasn't healthy. And I think that's the key. Like I said, if he comes back and he truly is 100% healthy, I think they'll be fine. Um, but like I said, if his, you know, health issues, you know, aren't fully addressed or aren't fixed, um, like I said, they'll be, we'll, we'll be in trouble. Uh, especially since we let uh, Foles go. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I guess just as a, it was kind of a nice thing to do to let Foles go. Hey, go do your own thing. Yeah. And I understood it. And there was part of me that was like, I would hold on to him for dear life. Did you want him to leave? No. I wish we would have kept him. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, it was probably the nice thing, the right thing to do to let him go. Also, you know, didn't want to take that hit, you know, pay all the money to keep sure. him. But I think, um, like I said, because he's, you know, proven with that team in that system, you know, that he can win. If Wentz, you know, isn't 100% healthy. So like I said, I, I would have liked to keep him around. Here is the crazy thing to think about. Nick Foles has not been a good quarterback mm. except for in Philadelphia. Right. And in Philadelphia, he was a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Everywhere else he's been horrible. Hey, there's something going on in Philly. Doug Peterson knows what he's doing a little bit. He's a pretty good coach. He's like putting together some systems. Like you said, I think you need to have Carson Wentz healthy. If he is healthy, this is going to be a different situation. He didn't look good last year. And when you think of where he was the year before, I'm looking at Carson Wentz and I'm going, oh my goodness, this is like the next John Elway. This is the next Dan Marino. This is the next great quarterback. I kind of am going to put last year aside because I don't think we got to see a, a true representation of who he is. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, he wasn't healthy. You know, he tried to get out there and play. But like I said, at the end of the day, he wasn't 100% healthy. And, you know, I think, you know, we, we've seen when he is healthy, you know, he, he, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we will, of course, be discussing some of the latest sports news. 
And we will be continuing this conversation with Big Rob and looking at every team and how they did in the NFL draft. Hey, if we haven't gotten to your favorite sports team yet, trust me, we are going to. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Tuesday. For all of you that reach out and share the show, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Couldn't do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.